Welcome to a new exciting edition of Chiropractic United podcast for July 12th, 2011. This podcast is brought to you by Chiropractic Biophysics Seminars. Visit us at idealspine.com and find out more about chiropractic biophysics. Also brought to you by Elite Coaching. See how Dr. Fred can bring your practice to new levels by visiting elitecoachingllc.com. Also brought to you by Poshco, makers of the Posture Screen mobile app in iTunes, known as Posture Screen Mobile. For more information on how you can utilize this application to build your practice, visit Posture Screen Mobile at postureco.com. Now, let's get started. Okay, everybody out there listening to the Chiropractic United podcast, it's the week of July uh, 12th. So it's our second podcast of the month, July 2011. And for those of you that are new, Chiropractic United, you can check us out online at www.chiropracticunited.com. And that particular website has HD streaming video training for corrective care chiropractors and business management tips and procedures for corrective care practitioners. The podcast that you're listening to now is our not-for-profit public forum where we try to update chiropractors in the profession on key topics and concepts that are happening out there today, have happened in the past, and will happen in the future. And these topics and concepts will absolutely affect and change the way you practice either now or in the future. So we try to keep you updated. This week, we have with us a special guest. Dr. Brian Rutecki from Cairo One. We also have my uh, two car, uh, partners in crime, uh, my colleagues, Dr. Joe Ferrantelli uh, from CBP and Posture Co. and Dr. Fred DiDomenico from Elite Coaching and Chiropractic United. So welcome, everybody. Hey, guys. Uh, Thanks, dude. No worries. So uh, what I'd like to do is uh, just give a quick uh, rundown, Dr. Brian, about uh, my involvement and Dr. Joe involved, Joe's involvement with Cairo One uh, through CBP, and then uh, we'll turn it over to you to talk about a few key things, and we'll see where this takes us. Sounds um, great to me. All right. So with CBP technique, Cairo One, uh, the doctors, the executives that started Cairo One were, were trained in the early night or the mid 90s and late 90s with CBP technique. And they started this uh, corporate franchise and chain of corrective care chiropractic offices. And they were really designed around uh, not, not only bettering chiropractic practice and techniques, but also true spinal correction. To that end, uh, you know, we, we got together about two years ago now, uh, CBP Technique and Cairo One, to talk about updating their, their doctors and getting a little bit better systematization of CBP-style corrective care in their 60 to 70 uh, chains of their chiropractic offices that they have uh, as part of their franchise. So. Well, I was pretty excited about this because th- this offered me a forum through CBP to to train good quality chiropractors that had the purpose and the vision of running a true corrective care and wellness practice. And these doctors were totally in tune with uh, actually listening to what CBP had to offer and trying to apply this the best they could. So our involvement in the last two years has been uh, CBP technique, Dr. Joe Ferentelli and myself going to 
Cairo One, their corporate headquarters in Chicago, and training their doctors in small groups. And this has just been a wonderful experience for, for myself, and I know I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of Dr. Joe, which he can tell you, too. It's been a great experience. Absolutely. Uh, and we just finished our, our six uh, basic CBP technique trainings with an initial core group of about 30 doctors, and I can tell you they were extremely passionate, very in tune, and very excited to learn it. So, uh, Dr. Joe, your thoughts on that? I just think it's been a great experience uh, thus far with, um, you know, we, we usually we have the doctors coming to us all around the country. And just to go and have the, the doctors being so intent on learning our, our technique and having a unique model to practice under. And uh, I don't want to get too much into that because I know Dr. Brian's going to talk about it. But it, it truly is remarkable what they offer doctors in the profession, especially starting out. Um, you know, some wonderful opportunities and then to be able to do, uh, you know, a chiropractic technique like CBP, it's, they're truly offering the profession quite a bit. I was really impressed. That, that's right. Now, Dr. Brian, uh, for the listeners out there in uh, podcast land, uh, can you tell us and them what Cairo One really is and then your particular involvement? Sure thing. Sure thing. So the, the vision of Cairo One is that every single human being discovers their full potential. And, and w- when you look at, uh, at chiropractic, you, you know, it's, it's crazy the way that the entire profession is just segregated. And depending upon who you talk to, a lot of people look down at, at chiropractors. They, they just don't compare them to like a medical doctor or something like that. And, and here with, with the executive team and myself, we're looking to have all, the, all these doctors come in and really build up the profession. And make make chiropractors like the number one health healthcare field in, in the world, and we figured we, we'd start that off here in Illinois, and now we spread out to Kentucky and to, to Texas, and we we know by to raise the profession, chiropractors need to get paid way above any other healthcare profession out there. I mean, look at what you guys are doing out there. I mean, you're literally saving lives, and. If you ask somebody how much is an adjustment worth, I mean, you could really put priceless to that. So the doctors really need to get paid similar to what the value of the care that they're giving. And right now, we believe we are starting to accomplish that because if you look at what the average chiropractor right now is getting paid in the U.S., it's about 70000 after 10 years of practice on average. And right now, our average doctor here in the company, they're getting paid about $250,000. And that's just heads and shoulders above the profession, which is what we want to see. We want to see chiropractors built to, you know, represent really what they what they truly do. And we yeah. believe that that's the way to go ahead and, and attack that, while yeah. still practicing principled chiropractic uh, with with a strong philosophy, strong science. We pull a lot of science out of a uh, James Chestnut stuff, as well as Chris Kaluka, and and indeed we we love looking at your stuff too. That's why when we saw it, the fact that we could start working with you guys together, you and Joe. I mean, we were all over that. We, we just love the fact that we could practice corrective care. We're, we're literally showing objective results to our patients. It, it just, uh, it was a perfect fit for us. Yep. Fantastic. Now you guys are currently in three States and you're just opening up a fourth one in Texas. So you're in Illinois, Kentucky, and Ohio. Is that correct? Nope, nope. So we are currently in three states. We're currently in Illinois, Kentucky, and we just opened up in Texas. Okay, great. And then how many clinics 
are part of the chiropractic or the Chiro One franchise. Great. So we currently we have 65 clinics. Uh, majority of them right now are in Illinois. We just opened up uh, the second one in Texas about a month and a half ago. And, you know, there's some really exciting things that, that are going on within this, uh, within this company right now. We, we have a lot of opportunities being presented to us. And, you know, I don't want to talk about it too much because right now it's in the preliminary stages. But we are currently uh, potentially working with uh, Parker Colleges. And, and we're, we're going to be working hand-in-hand hand with Parker Colleges down in Texas and I know that uh, you're also in some of the preliminary stages down there as well, yes? Yes, we're uh, in, in some pretty exciting talks right now with Parker. And, of course, CBP has always been a big supporter of Parker Chiropractic College. And I know uh, you have been too, Brian. Oh, yeah. So, Brian, just really quick, just a couple points out there for the listeners. Now, your doctors, the, the unique thing is, when they come into this program, obviously they're not starting at $250,000 a year salary. Right. They, they, they start below that, but, but they don't have to go out and market, and they don't have to do the business ends of it, and they don't have to do the billing side of it. What they have to do is they have to be the doctor. That's correct? That's correct, yeah. So we, we, we really had to take a look at, uh, at really what is our company. Because my, my role in this company right now, my title per se is chief learning officer. And that, that's really just a fancy way to say I'm in charge of the training of the entire company. And each one of the execs, there's six of us, we each have our different roles and we each really took on the areas that we excelled in. And uh, somehow I got into the training. I love it. I, I really love working with people and seeing, seeing these doctors grow, really grow personally on, on a personal level, which... You just see these you see these doctors just break through barrier after barrier that's holding them back with with what may have been holding them back in, in practice in school in their own practice if they were an associate I mean it's the doctors we have the field we have we currently have doctors from thirteen different schools and, and all different um, previous experiences and. You know what, dude? I forgot the question you asked me. Uh, It's just uh, letting the doctor be the doctor and and that uh, it doesn't matter where they come from, but they're going to come in and they're going to get to be a corrective care practitioner without the headaches of the business side of it. Yes. Yeah. So my my role is training. I mean, I get to train these doctors from the get-go. So there's a six-month training program these docs go to. Really intensive. The first three months, it's for the most part, all classroom. The second three months, you're working under one of the best docs we have in the company. And then when you go out there and you get your own clinic, if you make it past the training, then what ends up happening is all the billing is done for you. The marketing, for the most part, is completely done for you. I mean, you as, as a person, and we teach you this within the training itself, we teach you how to really just go out there and just meet people and be yourself and have fun doing it. I mean, imagine... Waking up, I mean, I know you guys already do this. Imagine waking up, though, and not having to work another day, I mean, where you just have a blast at whatever it is you do. And that, that's what it's like here, for the most part, every single day. Now, yeah. we, ha- we have our struggles, of course, and those struggles, that's what only makes us uh, stronger and helps us grow, which is what we enjoy. So, yeah, the billing's done. The training's done. The, so all the training of all the staff, the, um, the marketing, the, the fact that you are literally handed over a clinic – uh, right from the get-go, as far as every, all the paint and all the all the uh, carpet and all the decisions you'd have to make, they're really taken away from you to where all the doctor has to do 
is focused on being a doctor. I mean, imagine that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Now, I know this fits really well with Dr. Fred's purpose and, and vision and, and his side of chiropractic uh, practice coaching, which is why uh, CBP really chose to align with Dr. Fred with elite coaching starting about in 2007, 2008. And he's, he was saying the same things. He's like, look, these corrective care doctors are doing one of the best things out there in terms of the needs of the patient and putting the patient first with corrective care, yet we're not making it. And so, Dr. Fred, I, I know that you'll have some, some comment to, uh, to say about this particular thing that uh, uh, Dr. Brian brought up. Yeah, I got a little bit to say about that. Actually, you know, Brian, like we mentioned before we got on here, we've, we've taken similar paths, you know, and I really found going to LACC and, uh, you know, they try and force you into a white coat and ended up fine. I didn't, you know, I've always been a rebel, so that didn't, that white coat didn't fit too well. So uh, I ended up at DE and, you know, I, I got the principle, give for the sake of giving and love for the sake of loving. Problem is I was loving a whole lot of people for not a lot of money. And uh, then one day you kind of wake up and then you look at, you start doing stuff like CBP and you realize you're running a therapy clinic. If you're really going to, if your purpose in chiropractic is actually heartfelt and true and you believe in the principle, then we have a responsibility to fix the spine. You're looking at a post x-ray saying this is disease and this normal one represents health. Maybe I should try and take you there. And then the thing is you look what it actually takes and then you realize you're, you're giving away all your stuff. So uh, I ended up applying life coaching principles to a management system and totally transformed, you know, like we said earlier, CBP is non-traditional chiropractic. It is the present and future, as you can see that, Brian, and we all know that. And so a traditional communication system doesn't create the same value. So I created a new model that I got from being a professional life coach, applied it to spinal correction. Today, I got a testimonial of one of our certified CBP docs getting paid $6,900 cash for 36 visits. And, um, you know, that's over, you know, that's almost 200 bucks a visit cash. Now, they're going to do their rehab. That person will be fixed in 40 visits because that they're going to do whatever it takes. They're going to do the home care. They're going to make all their appointments, and it works. And uh, there's not a whole lot of people out in the profession, probably less than 1% getting paid that way. You know, I mean, yeah, you got decompression, guys, but I'm talking about true spinal correction, fixing people fast, and getting paid that amount for pure chiropractic. And that's, you know, that's what we want to help people do, man. And that's a very high-paid chiropractor. And it's not about the money, but that person will be the best patient in your office because they just dropped seven grand out of their pocket to put a curve in their neck, so to speak. They get it. And that's what the most important thing. That person will have a different life. Yep. And, and Brian, I, I'm sure that you and Cairo One share that philosophy. When, when you've got the best service out there and you've got the best purpose out there, and you're you're providing this to the patients day to day. You, everybody needs to get paid, and then in the end, the patients don't mind paying for it because they see the value in what they're getting. Correct? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I when um, when I originally started, I mean, one of the uh, things with technique I got it involved in. I originally got into upper cervical, 
very similar to, to your dad. And I, when I was in upper circle, I, mean, I loved the results I was getting. And, and I, I still felt like something was missing. So I started going to, to your seminars to get certified in CVP. And I tell you what, what, what sold me on CVP was the fact that it took the master of this upper cervical technique five different sets of films before he finally figured out what was wrong with me, how to exactly adjust me. And then going to your seminar, five brand newbies who just went through the, the, the six sessions in, in the basic courses, they were able to pick out exactly the exact same way I was set up with the, with the upper cervical to adjust me. And I've been getting great results myself, and then I see it on the patient's. I've, I've not seen better results than with CEP. I mean, I, it's just amazing what, what this technique and what you've done for this profession. Thank you. And, you know, that's what it's about. It's about predictability. We can take a complex system, still keep it complex, but simplify it enough to where you can teach new people how to do it, keep the science pure, but then have the results and the analysis that are consistent. And of course, every doctor is going to be a little bit unique in how they approach it. But in the end, we all shouldn't be getting different levels to adjust and different findings. We should have predictable, outcome-based, objective findings as our primary goal of care. And I know uh, everybody on here agrees, and I hope the the listeners out there agree. Yeah, now, I, I just want to interject, uh, D, because you know the the listeners out there that <clears throat> may not be really familiar with CBP technique. Everybody eventually is going to have some amazing changes, and that's what people remember. They remember, oh, I get great changes because they took a post-film, and by chance they got a great change on the next ray. What we're talking about is if you randomly poll 100 people that did corrective care in your office, how many of them had predictable changes on post-X-rays and post-posture, not to mention the life impact that they had? That's what we're talking about, what CBP brings to chiropractic, and if you haven't checked it out, that's what we're, we're teaching. Yeah, that's right. I want to say something as well. You know, we've talked about getting paid and, and the technique. And really, um, you know, obviously everybody on here is hardcore correction. And I know that Elite sometimes gets the reputation. And, Brian, you talked about being the most successful. And we all know it's not about the money. But the funny thing is, you know, you get people that are purpose-driven. And, yeah, they come in and they may come for 200 visits paying their 30 or 40 bucks, but then if they had to pay 80, would they pay for it? You know, it's almost like there's been a ceiling on what patients would pay for all these years, you know what I mean? And it's like, are they willing to pay 100, 200 bucks? Because there should be no limit. And that's our responsibility in the way we communicate people. It's not about the money. It has nothing to do with the money, as we all know, and probably a lot of the listeners know. But what's really the value to the patient to have that life and what are they willing to do and what are they willing to exchange for it? You know, would they exchange $100,000 to change their life? And I don't think in the profession that we've taught the general public that they'd be willing to exchange $100,000. They're willing to exchange that for cancer, but are they willing to exchange that for chiropractic? And I think that's our responsibility. It's not about the money. It's about what are they willing to exchange for it? The time, money, discipline, family. So I think that's, the, that's kind of the equation. What's their value and their opinion of what chiropractic is in their life? And if you looked at all the patients that are chiropractic patients right now, I think that's a great question 
all the doctors listening, what would your patients be willing to exchange to continue to get their spine fixed and have that lifestyle? Yeah, that's a great point, Fred. And really, it kind of comes down to the doctor's fault. And this is where I'm going to bring Brian back in here, too. It's, you know, the, the public perception out there. And Joe and I just got an email, which we won't really talk about, but he'll he'll kind of know what I'm going to yep. say here. The, the public perception is that we're, in, in many senses, we're glorified knuckle crackers. That's what a chiropractor is. And it's our job to change that and reposition them. And that starts on not only an individualized basis, but a marketing basis and getting out there in front of people. And this is where, you know, we've done a great job in CBP in terms of one-on-one patient education. And Fred, you know, we've done some great products with our new workshop uh, that we have available for doctors. But what Cairo One is doing, they're getting out there in, in the masses and they have a whole marketing team designed to get uh, patients into the Cairo One facilities. Is that correct, Brian? Oh, yeah, that's correct. We're, we're currently, like, we have a whole marketing, internal, external marketing department. And, and I, I tell you, this, this team of people, I mean, they just, on average, to our clinics, they're bringing in between 50 to 60, on average, new day ones per clinic per month. Like, brand new patients just right off the street. And, and awesome. The, the, the problem that's going on in our, our clinics now is the docs almost have too many patients to handle. And, and that's a great problem to have. I mean, I mean Fred, Fred, you were talking about value, and oh my God, I totally agree with you as far as the patients need to get the value for this. And I, I'm sure each one of us seems some of the, some of the value that, that's missing from our patients, it's coming from our docs, it's coming from ourselves. We don't even value the, the care ourselves to, and I, I see this person because I get the train with all these doctors one on one. And I, I see it all the time where, where some of these docs come in and they don't even know if they could afford care. And, and I, I have to challenge every one of them. Like, if, if you can't afford the care, if you don't have the value behind what you're doing, how in the world are your patients going to be able to have that value behind that? And, and that that's, I mean, that's one of the biggest things that I'm saying that, that this profession, I mean, I was blessed with the opportunity to, to originally think that chiropractors were nuts. I'd never go to one level thinking about becoming one. In fact, my, I have some medical doctors in my family, and they, my dad even said to me, he's like, listen, why do you want to waste your life and become a chiropractor? And I, I, it was, I was amazed um, that he would say something like that, number one. And then number two, it really just ticked me off to the point where I said, okay, I'm going to prove you wrong. And I could not imagine being in a better profession than I am right now. I mean, this, it literally, it saved my life. I almost uh, had surgery to where I had to lose my leg because of an injury. And the only thing that helped me was chiropractic. And I, t- I tell you what, I'm, I'm so blessed to be in this profession. And uh, with all the listeners, I, mean, I, I really hope you value what you have because th- this profession, I mean, we have something really special here. And, and each one of us really needs to just unite and, and make it what it really is. Yep. Well, that's really the intention, the intention of Chiropractic United. You know, we have all this political garbage going on, and people look at the economy and and whatever. We're in the best time to be in the profession, and CBP is the tip of the spear. You know, I, th- I said this on another podcast. You know, the, in the '70s, you know, medicine was trying to stomp us out, and now 
there's tons of medical studies that prove the principle was always correct. And so we're in the best of times, and this is the best opportunity to be a chiropractor, and you're just given a vehicle for people to do it right the first time and make it a heck of a lot easier. So we appreciate that. And the kind of the intention of, uh, I'm stuttering, the intention of Chiropractic United is not to unite chiropractic, it's to unite subluxation-based chiropractors, people that get it and then create that movement to be a tidal wave. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, learning, learning from, from Chestnut, I mean, I, I always look to uh, what I got from him was, you know what, you got to look at logic, you got to look at literature, and subluxation is defined in the objective literature. Some of these other terminologies, like like joint dysfunction, and those things are not object, They're not um, operationally defined in literature. And and, and when when I say chiropractic, I, I just assume subluxation based chiropractic. Yep. Yeah, that, that's a good assumption to have. But unfortunately, the problem is that. Uh, you know, we've talked about this on other podcasts, but Brian hasn't heard this, but he knows about it. What's happening with, you know, the uh, per- certain parts of the chiropractic community trying to branch off and become basically pseudo medical doctors and go down the osteopathic road with with prescription drug rides and, and with, you know, essentially taking the term chiropractic out of the college. Uh, we won't name names, uh, but national and, and LACC <laughs> And Western states. Hey, you're, you're talking about my neighbor there. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. About a mile away. Literally, your neighbor. <laughs> yeah, and oh, this is where you know you can be PC, Brian. But you know, Chiropractic United, Fred and Joe and I, we've just decided to call a spade a spade, and and you know we take the heat from that. But that's the way it is. I mean, we that's the problem. We assume that everybody thinks like us, and they don't. But a lot of doctors out there do. So real quick, what I'd like to do is uh, just your history with with uh, Cairo One. I mean, it, this is an interesting thing, I think, for the listeners out there. I mean, you didn't come out of school, Brian, and say, oh I, I'm going to open up a, a franchise, a corporate franchise of corrective care practices with five of my partners, and we're, we're going to have 70 clinics, and we're going to change the profession. I mean, how did this all come about? I, I, I tell you, I, I wish it was that easy coming out of school. I mean, I, I, I played the whole uh, – well, well, prior to me getting to my first practice, uh, two of my partners, Dr. Sam Wang and Dr. Gary Arobin, uh, I went to school with them at Sherman College. And going to school with them, we, we decided together that we were going to open up a practice in the Midwest. Now, there was a bunch of talking around why that happened. Regardless, we came out here to the Midwest – and we wanted to open up practice. Now, none of us had any money. None of us came from families that had any money. And we just went out there. And we, we did what we could to get some loans from whoever we could in our families. And we, we said that we're going to swing for the fences. We're going to open a, a big clinic up with all the bells and whistles. We had three brand new tables. We had uh, It was a brick building. It was like a medical facility center. We just, like, all the look that we thought the, the look had to be. We wanted it to look like that. And I tell you what, the first uh, three months, it, it was scary. I remember the first month looking out the blinds and getting the vertical blind uh, pan from looking out the blinds waiting for people to come in because I thought that's how it was supposed to go. And by the third month, I'm literally swiping my credit card in my own terminal just to pay bills in, in the clinic. 
And that was a scary moment because if I failed, now I'm going to have all this other debt. And where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Yeah. And we met, we met a, couple of, uh, a couple of guys, and they recommended this one coach who ended up partnering with us later on. In fact, the guys we were working with, they partnered with us as what we partnered with each other. Um, re- regardless, so at that point, we started being successful at that one clinic. Then an opportunity came up for the three of us to open up a second clinic. We did that, and we got a little better at that second clinic. And then we got a third, and then a fourth, and then a fifth. When we opened up our fifth, we opened it up in an area right next to where our mentors were opening up a new clinic. And at that moment, our, our mentors, the ones we did our externships with when we were, in, when we were just students, we, we had to come together and we had to say, listen, I mean, we're either going to become each other's competition up here because we were already competing over new doctors, or what we could do is we could join together and really blow this thing up here in Illinois and, and define chiropractic in Illinois. And, and that, that's where Chiro One then started. My, my other partners now are Brett Penniger, uh, Dr. Stuart Bernson, and Dr. Mark Lagerquist. And we got together and then... They had seven clinics. We had five. We joined those together, and now we're at 65. And I tell you, even today, I look back, and I'm like, what in the world happened? I remember just being in one clinic, laying on the floor with no furniture in there, and saying to myself, okay, this is where it all starts. Where it goes, I have no clue. Yeah, now when did that all begin, Brian? Uh, I I graduated in 2001, Mm -hmm. and we opened up our – first uh, practice in 2000 in january of 2002 wow that's something i mean because you know i i look back and i have you know the one clinic indeed looks back and having one clinic you know and it's just it's just amazing to see the growth in the same time frame you know I, i i look back and i just you know with with doctors coming out of school you know, the opportunity that if you want to live in Texas or if you want to live in Kentucky or in Illinois, I mean, the opportunity is just phenomenal what you guys are offering now. And I think, you know, people forget that, you know, they look at this big corporate structure and say, oh, these guys lost touch with reality. The fact is you guys know firsthand what it's like to build these practices and you don't forget. And that's why it's the hardest thing when people come in, I'd imagine that this would be the hardest thing for you guys is that people would say, oh, well, they forget what it's like. They don't know what it's like to open. You guys know more than anything what it's like. We, I mean, we you guys, get that all the time. We, yeah, we, and, uh... and let me let me just ask, because to put it in perspective for, for, for doctors, your marketing team, how many spinal screenings per month do you guys do? Oh, my God. Uh, just you know, that, that, would be, that would be a question for my other two partners. Um, I, I do know that we have – it's – on a daily basis, somewhere between 20 to 50 events going on. Wow. I, I mean, I, I walk out there, and, and I'm just at a mall or, or just just going to the grocery store, and the next thing I know, they're asking me if I want to get my spine checked. And they don't even know who you are, right? But they don't even know who I am. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm nice. in my, my, my weekend clothes. They don't even know who I am. That's yeah. great. That's funny. You know, Brian, it's Deed here, and, and – uh, First, you know, that's good that you don't know what other people's jobs are supposed to know. I mean, that's a that's a good thing. I mean, you know, you're you're not micromanaging other sides of it. 
Um, and then what Joe said about opening up in Texas, you know, there's a song. If you want to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band, man. <laughs> and, you know, the thing is about and I say that I'm just, you know, throwing that out there. But the, the good thing about Cairo one opening in Texas and going to Texas is we've got one of one of the best chiropractic colleges on the planet there in Parker. And the subluxation-based chiropractic colleges are struggling to meet the demands of the new political pressures. And this is me yeah, speaking, yeah. Deed's, Deed's interpretation of the political world. This has nothing to do with Parker's interpretation. But, you know, these schools have a lot of political pressure on them to, to meet the external pressures put on them by our political bodies. And it's very difficult for them to, to make it. As a as a subluxation based college right right now, without bringing in these other things, acupuncture and and you know on and on down the line, which is what these other colleges did because they couldn't make it, and then the political pressure. So this is a good thing and a good time for Cairo One to go down there and maybe assist these schools with a corrective care business model that the students can now see as a viable opportunity to get involved with a good quality corporation like Cairo One. And then before I turn it over to you, Brian, it's selfish for me because you guys are corrective care based and that's what CBP technique is. And so then it opens the door for us to have multiple clinics that are doing CBP pretty darn good and we can do some research-based projects out of there. Yeah. Um, so your thoughts on that, Brian? Uh, I, I tell you what, that, that's... Uh... You're talking to one of my one of my passions right now with the research. I mean, when when I was an undergrad, I originally was in pre med. I ended up going to biochemical molecular biology. I love the research behind this stuff, though. And to see my to see some of the doctors to see them get certified in CUP, and and then have now the opportunity for you guys to go ahead and do some research projects with them. And that that really gets me that gets me going. I mean, right right now. Um, well, once a month, I should say, the execs, the rest of the execs and myself, we, we have a monthly planning session. And, and when we're there, we, we look to see, okay, what's the next thing we have to handle? How, how can we get better? What do we need to do to grow? How are we going to improve whatever it may be? And I tell you, some of the biggest areas that we're currently looking at as far as uh, in the profession, what really needs to happen, we, we got to go after some of the things that most people are afraid to go after. And what, what we're looking at tackling right now is we're looking at tackling some of the politics here in Illinois because we have we pretty much have market saturation right now, at least in the uh, Chicagoland area, where most people have at least seen us. So we can now start tackling the political aspect of getting a lobbyist and, and really starting to promote corrective care chiropractic. The other one is more of the research. I mean, to, to be able to put some sort of research projects within our, within our company and we're, we're talking about the biggest research projects done on the planet in chiropractic. And the other one is the schools. I mean, I mean, I have the chance to uh, talk with a lot of these presidents. We had uh, John Schwarzbauer come up. Guy Reekin's coming up. We have Fab uh, Fabrizio Mancini. He's been here. I'm looking to get Ryan Kelly to come out and speak uh, to one of these all, to one of our all teams. Awesome. Um, and, and speaking with uh, speaking with Fab, speaking with Jill, Jill Lamarche down in Parker. I mean, there there is somewhat of disconnect because those schools, and I understand where it's coming from, the schools, they have to uh, focus on getting these, their students to pass boards. 
and the, the problem is that, I mean, they don't get to see what success looks like in a clinic and how, how in the world can you even become successful practicing corrective care chiropractic? And, and for us to get down there and, and to, work with, uh, to work with you guys to, I mean, have you guys right there, right next to us, showing the research behind the technique and, and how it works and everything like that, and show these students, more importantly, show these students how you can be successful in practice in this model. I mean, it's, it's invaluable to us and to the profession, I believe. Yeah, and I'm going to turn it over to Dr. Fred in just a, a second here because um, I know he has some thoughts on this and comments. Uh, but, you know, in addition to Parker, we would love to, you know, get CBP technique in, involved in there. But you brought up my alma mater with uh, Dr. Brian Kelly that just took over uh, Life West for uh, Jerry Klum. And Brian Kelly is an amazing individual from uh, New Zealand Chiropractic College there, turned that school around, uh, and then uh, turned it over to a, a very deserving and a very capable president over there. Uh, but Brian Kelly now running Life West. Life West is the only place that teaches CBP technique as core curriculum, and it's in the first year. So all the students get corrective chiropractic CBP in the first year, and then they can take this, the uh, second part of CBP as an elective. And it's the only clinic there that allows you to practice the technique in the, in the student outpatient clinic, doing some, some simple traction procedures and exercise procedures and Miramage adjusting. And, and that's really the model we'd like to see going on at all the schools, or at least all the subluxation-based schools. Uh, so, Dr. Fred, uh, your thoughts on some of the exchanges that we've had so far? Well, first of all, Brian, I would like to um, project my admiration for your purpose and passion because it so parallels what all of us are doing on this podcast here, and that's really trying to change the profession, redirect, and transform the whole profession back to the original roots of chiropractic. You know, we've strayed so far. And it's our, all of our intention, literally, to redefine it. And, you know, it's so funny because you mentioned CBP, not even mentioned. I mean, we all follow it. We're talking a lot about CBP. And I know this happens with me because I'm a hardcore spine geek. And people think, you know, elite, well, it's a technique management. Or, you know, when you're, you're promoting CBP within your organization in Cairo One, and in reality... It's not that we're technique people. We're the most hardcore, purpose-driven people in the profession because we actually go the extra mile to apply the roots and principle and true purpose and philosophy in chiropractic in as many clinics as possible and help those people, our clients, be, you know, CBP, Cairo One, elite clients, and more, become the most successful doctors in the profession so we can gain the attention and momentum and have the financial backing to make the changes to redefine the profession. So people may say, oh, well, you know, you're in a CBP, you're a technique guy. No, man, I'm hardcore principal. That's just the application. Our principle and philosophy drives us, I think, harder than almost anybody else in a, in a way that it's truth. You know, there's lots, lots of people out there that are passionate, you know, you have new beginnings, and, and there's lots of people driving the principle and purpose, and they're out there promoting chiropractic care, which is awesome. And there's a big movement of philosophically-based chiropractors. 
You know, the next step is apply it in your office. Don't just get up on stage and talk about it. And here's where let's, you know, we're not PC, as, as Deed would say. But if you're up there waving the freaking flag, then you know what? Go home and do it. And then show people that you're really living what you're talking about on stage. Because that's the only thing that matters. And I think, you know, and I'm not saying we're better above anybody else, but let's unite these people and let's live what you're preaching on the stage. And then your light will be so bright that all the other people will wonder what you're doing. And you know what it is? We're fixing spines. And that's what we do. Because our principle and our purpose is the most hardcore. Yep. Well, there, take that and like yeah. it. <laughs> Amen. I now, love it, Fred. I love it, man. Yep. Now, now, Brian, because we, we've got some doctors out there that, hey, they're doing great. They love their practice and, and they love listening to these types of podcasts. And, you know, it gives them a little motivation and whatnot. But we also have students out there that are listening. And we also have doctors that may not know what to do. Maybe they're struggling in practice. And and I know Cairo One has a pretty intense screening program. You're not just going to take anybody, but you do have available positions right now for upcoming clinics and, and for new doctors in your corporation. Is that correct? That, that's absolutely correct. We're, we're hiring new doctors every, every single month. I mean, right, right now I have uh, 15 doctors in my, in my uh, first three-month training program and 12 in my second three-month training program. So I mean, th- we're, we're hiring doctors every single month, and, and it doesn't matter where they're coming from. If they're a student right out of school, we've had successful doctors. We have successful doctors in the in the company that are that are doing that. If they're an associate, we have the successful doctors. Docs, I don't want to take any associates away from you, but regardless, we have we have had associate doctors who had very bad experiences as an associate and are doing really successful here in the cl- in the clinics. And we've had other doctors who had. Uh, individual practices that, that came to us and they're doing as amazing as well. So it really it just it just allows any doc from any any background to come on in, walk in and really be successful. And you know another uh, big thing that uh, I want I'll, I'll toot my own horn about for a second is in, in the entire time that we've been open, we've only lost seven doctors. Wow. That's and that, that's that's really not heard of in any other group. Where, where there's a bunch of chiropractors together like this. Yeah, most doctors lose their, their associates, and it's a never-ending round of associates. Yep. Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. Uh, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive into the research article of the week a little early. I usually do this right at the end, but I think it fits in the, a little bit on what we were talking about it. If that's okay, if I can throw out the uh, research article of the week, guys, and then we can kind of see where that takes us. Are you guys good with that? Absolutely. Hi, Ben. Oh. Okay, now this one is going to come out in the AJCC, the July issue of the CVP Journal, the American Journal of Clinical Chiropractic. I put this on the front front page because I was pretty excited about it, but I'm going to let the, the cat out of the bag early here. This uh, The title of my article is called Subluxated Chiropractic Curricula in North America. Now, that, that's the title of my particular front page article. Now, the article that, that I'm looking at just recently came out in the journal Chiropractic and Manual Therapies. And 
Chiropractic and manu th Manual Therapies is a new journal. It used to be Chiropractic and Osteopathy, but they changed the name of it last year to Chiropractic and Manual Therapies. Now, this was written by none other than Drs. Timothy Mertz and Dr. Stephen Pearl. Uh, Stephen Pearl is the self-proclaimed ethical guru in chiropractic, and in, in no small words, the rumor is he's a little bit of an insurance whore, and and that's, of course, an opinion on that particular thought. And then uh, Dr. Mertz has uh, perhaps uh, got some ties to some uh, chiropractic managed care organizations. And, you know, if you, if you look him up, you might find some interesting associations with, for example, the National Association for Chiropractic Medicine called NACM and, and such like that. So <clears throat> this article, what it did was, it's a published research paper in one of the top two or three journals in chiropractic, but really, in my opinion, it's nothing more than a like a, a, a diatribe, uh, diatribe editorial and full of poppycock. And if you guys don't know what poppycock huh. is out there, you can look it up. Huh. And there's some terms that you know a, a, a letter B and a letter, letter S kind of can suffice for poppycock. So. What they did is they examined the North American English language chiropractic college academic catalogs to determine the prevalence of the term subluxation in these chiropractic curricula programs. So in essence, they're looking at the North American chiropractic colleges to see who's still using the term subluxation as part of their defined curriculum. Now, the, these authors... What they found is they found three out of the uh, colleges are continuing not – or three out of the colleges in North America are not using subluxation terminology anymore, okay? Whereas 14 of the colleges in North America are still using the, uh, the term subluxation in their curricula. So the majority of, of colleges are still using subluxation, but three, it's, I think it's 18 chiropractic colleges in North America, three out of the 18 have completely removed the term subluxation, okay? So can you guess, guys, on the podcast, which three colleges those would be? LACC. Uh, Southern California University of Health Sciences, SCUS. Uh, Brian's, the, na Brian's neighbor would uh, be one. I could say this one only because you told me uh, when you were up here on Friday. Yes. Which That's one, the, Brian? The, or the uh, Canadian one. Yeah, Canadian yeah. Memorial is the second one. Now, can we get the third? Oh, National. Yep. National. That's correct. These are the three colleges that have removed subluxation. So now 15 out of 18 have kept the term subluxation. So these authors, Pearl and Mertz, Somehow, they interpret this to, to, to mean that the three schools that have removed it are the most scientific and the most up-to-date and the most evidence-based. And so somehow, what the majority of the colleges still teach with subluxation is non-evidence-based and not chiropractic. That's their conclusion. Nice. What do you think about that? Hmm. Got a rope? Yep. <laughs> it's just crazy. It, it's just ridiculous. I mean, there, there's no merit to back that up. 
Yeah. You know, the, the problem is these three schools are driving the direction of potentially the future of chiropractic. This NACM organization, which these individuals have ties to, and NACM has been uh, basically dismantled. It kind of fell apart uh, about a year ago, but it's the National Association for Chiropractic Medicine. It's that whole chiropractic medicine movement put forth by Winterstein and and colleagues and, and such. So now what they're they're doing is they're publishing peer-reviewed research that says that the schools that continue to teach subluxation are somehow outdated and not evidence-based. I mean, to me, that kind of commentary should never make it in a peer-reviewed journal. As a reviewer, I review for many, many journals, and I can tell you if I read that one, I would just say what, what these authors have interpreted appears to be nothing more than a bunch of BS – Joe, you might have to edit that, but those are just those are letters of the alphabet, right? Of course. Right. So it's a bunch of BS. What the data says is that the majority of the colleges still teach the, the principle of subluxation. Therefore, the three that don't, maybe they're no longer chiropractic colleges. Yep. Nice. Your, thought, your thoughts on that? Well... Silence. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't know. Where do you go from there other than, uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's, uh, what we need to do is if they, if they don't want to be chiropractors, they just need to get out and stop calling what they want to do chiropractic and let chiropractors be chiropractors. That's what they need to do. And, you know, like I said this on an earlier podcast, thank God that we have social media now and Facebook so subluxation-based chiropractors can get together and at least have the opportunity to practice and take pre- and post-x-rays, you know, and I know the pressures that are on the school now that that they can't even take x-rays on all incoming people, otherwise they're frowned upon by the governing bodies, which is just ludicrous. When all of us went to school, everybody got x-rayed regardless. You know, yeah. and that's how we could find subluxations, and we would know that there was problems before they even arose. And you know, it's just uh, amazing to me that I mean, these are the same people that wind up getting on these state boards a lot of times that want to strike down these successful doctors for taking post X-rays and sit on their soapbox and say, "Well, that's not evidence based." And you got to be, you know, it, it just mind boggles it is that the people that say it's not evidence-based, how many research papers have they really published? Really, in re what journals have they published in? And it's such a big slap in the face when we have guys like you, Dee, that have published so many articles in real, real journals, and they're going to say what we, don't, what we offer is not evidence-based. You know, it's just such like, they, who gets to de define that? They're changing the definition of what evidence-based is only what they approve to be evidence you know, and it's not what science proves to be evidence. And I find it amazing to me is that, you know, we have mainstream medicine that is patting us on the back and saying, wow, you chiropractors are really doing something amazing here. We didn't know conservative care could change the spine. And then we have our own people in chiropractic that are saying, well, you know what, there's no truth to what you guys are doing. You know, and it's just amazing when medicine is more accepting of correction and subluxation-based chiropractic than you know, the people that are driving chiropractic. Yeah, and I should probably rephrase this question to you and also to engage the audience listening out there is better. the better question is, what can we do about this? And I, I think that with 
elite, with CBP, with Cairo One, I think this is what the, these groups are trying to do in the end, yes? Yeah, I, I think we need to do is only support subluxation-based schools, and you know, eventually they're not going to have any enrollment at those other schools. And, you know, I think that's where it has to stem from. If these students know if they go to Parker, if they go to Life, if they go to Sherman, that they have a future and they can support their family based on, you know, a model such as like what Kyra Rowan offers, that they can be successful in doing what they love. If students see that, it's going to drive the students to the right schools and the right type of chiropractic, in my humble opinion, is going to survive. You know? Yeah. Right. You know, let me add to this just a little bit. So I have the opportunity on, on any given class to work with doctors that are from any school. I mean, I could have a national grad. I could have a Sherman grad. I could have a Palmer grad. I could have a Parker grad in the exact same class. Yep. And the, the first step with, with, with going through the training of these docs is to get everybody to get on the same page with chiropractic and, and to show them, like, through – the research through the evidence based. I mean, I don't know what the hell evidence based is. Obviously, what you just said right there, or what those two uh, two guys came out with evidence based. My definition of evidence based must be way off. Uh, regardless, so I'm showing based off of all the research out there, how if you're not practicing subluxation, you're practicing pseudoscience, and that's what's out there right now. So I mean, it's it's getting these chiropractors together, knowing that you know what. You have to have a strong philosophy and a strong science. It's not one or the other. It's not just pure philosophy. It's not just pure science. You have to have both. And then if you have an art or a, a, a chiropractic technique like CBP to go ahead and bring all that together and solidify that, you have a very, very strong product. And it, it's just raising the profession. I mean, I've had a, a national grad who, who is practicing. He's one of our top producing clinics right now. He... Um, he came out, and after he got done with training, he, he said, you know what? When I graduated, I thought I was simply a glorified physical therapist. I didn't know what I was as a chiropractor. Thank you so much for, for helping me see what's, what's, what chiropractic truly is. And the, the, the thing that got me was the fact that he shared a story with me about how um, he has a bunch of MD friends and also other chiropractor friends from the school. He went out to dinner with the guys especially with these MDs, and they start just bashing chiropractic and, and talking them down, down to them, and like, how can you practice chiropractic? And he just said, listen, I truly believe in what I'm doing. I know this stuff works. I, I, I see it. I have the research to back it up. I'm passionate about what I'm talking about. Are you? Mm -hmm. Everybody else was speechless in the room. I well, know. you know, I, go we, ahead. We, we, have, we have such a powerful thing right here if we could really just get on the same page and, and well, in, in this case, really talk about what true evidence base is, not just uh, some hokey, let me just put my agenda out there and that's it. Right. Well, you know, like that guy figured out, I mean, thank God for people like you guys, Brian, because you're saving doctors that are able to save lives. But number, the second thing is, you know, you look at these guys, these chiropractors trying to fit in with medicine you know, because they feel like chiropractic is second rate, where that's where you're going. I mean, you want to be a pseudo-medical doctor, talk about second rate. I mean, geez, chiropractors, you know, the, the philosophically based chiropractors that have technique, have the evidence behind them, 
they're really the happiest ones in practice. You know, they have the strongest purpose. They watch their patients getting better. I mean, I can't imagine being a pseudo MD with a chiropractor license. Like how miserable would that be knowing you are truly are second class. You're second class to chiropractic and you're about 10th class to medicine. Like what a miserable place that would be. You'd be at the top of the food chain if you just had if people got the purpose and then started living according to their core values in chiropractic. Corrective care chiropractors are the happiest ones. Yep. Yep. They, they have a reason why. Yep. Yeah, because they're living a truth. They have truth in their life. Yep. Well, that that's great, guys. I mean, I got a little fired up about that particular uh, topic myself and. I'm sure I'm going to catch a little heat in the, in the AJCC, but, you know, things like this, this discussion is, uh, I think, needed for some of the, the listeners out there that, you know, maybe at a crossroads in, in their particular practice career, uh, they wonder, okay, well, what, what can we do about this? And some of them are like turning their back to it. Who cares? But in the end, you know, the, the, the passionate chiropractors that believe in what they're doing, not only do they believe it, they know it, they've got the research, they've got the technique, they've got the philosophy, and then they've got the outcomes in their practice. You know, those are the ones that are going to be willing to step up to the plate come time to play the, the big game. And, I mean, in the end, that's what all all of us are doing uh, from uh, different walks. Uh, Fred from the management side, Joe from a, a tech and, and uh, development of product side and a clinical side, me from the research and technique side, and then Brian from the corporate corrective franchise side that, you know, brings young doctors and old doctors into the game and teaches them that they can be a, a true corrective care chiropractor, be principled and get paid for what they do. So awesome job guys. Enjoyed, I enjoyed uh, the conversation tonight. Uh, final thoughts. Well, I think we pretty much summed it all up, man. We're all fired up about redefining the profession. And, uh, you know, like you just pointed out, Deed, we each have our little specialty. And that's, you know, unity in the team, utilizing different people with different talents. Like what you did, Brian, you know, you had a handful of people. And really, in a very short period of time, 10 years, you know, you've done a heck of a lot. But it's still 10 years. You know, people do great things and all of a sudden the the general public even the general public in the chiropractic profession think that somebody came out of nowhere you know but you look at you've been working for 10 years at it yep so and now people are starting to know your name so you know it's diligence persistence and uh, utilizing different talents from different people with a common purpose and having unity hence chiropractic united yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know, you know, just just following off of you there, Fred. The the, the whole thing of unity. I, I really do believe that that if if we're to bring the chiropractic profession to where it really belongs, uh, the pinnacle of health, I I, I believe that we got to stop fighting with each other as chiropractors. I mean, I mean, we're we're fighting from pretty much day one. I mean technique wars and all, all these things, all these different things that we choose to fight about. When, when 90 plus percent of everything we talk about, we can agree upon. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, granted, a few of the big ones that we disagree on are big ones, 
regardless, I mean, we, we really need to start working on, on what we have in, in common and then truly looking at the logic and the literature behind all that stuff so that we are practicing true evidence-based chiropractic called subluxation-based chiropractic, uh, not some sort of pseudoscience where we're doing joint dysfunction and all that stuff. So, so I, I really, truly believe that if we are to progress the profession, us as chiropractors, we got to stop fighting with each other and start picking each other up and building each other up. Absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely true, Brian. And, and uh, you're right. And the, the problem is there's certain people that I just cannot sit across the table from. Every, everybody else is welcome at the table. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you're great. I mean, uh, awesome job with Cairo One. You guys, uh, great, great business model, great uh, public service, and uh, great job with the chiropractors. And a couple just final closing thoughts. Your, your chiropractors that we trained, if they're listening to this, they've been uh, some of the most passionate focused chiropractors that Joe and I and, and the other CBP docs have had the, the privilege of training, even though they're long days and some of them fall asleep during the session, but that's okay. I wake them up a little bit and, and whatnot, but I think it's it's been really good uh, overall and uh, we've enjoyed it and I hope the relationship continues. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah, it's wonderful. I, I look forward to coming up all the time, Brian. I, I'm, I'm happy to have you guys here anytime. Yep. And, uh, Maybe what we can do is, and this is for you guys to decide, maybe Fred can come in and do one of your Friday morning sessions, and uh, he can participate in one of the CBP technique training sessions that we have, too, uh, which, you know, he does a great job at. He knows the CBP technique and some of the little uh, nuances of communication that go along with it. He could do a, a focused presentation for the group of doctors. Uh, but that aside, can you give us, uh, Brian, your... Uh, your company's contact information in case the listeners out there want to get a hold of you. And then if, if you're okay with it, maybe a personal email from you too. Absolutely. So the, 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 the website is chiro1.net, C-H-I-R-O-O-N-E.net. My, my personal email address is B-R-U-T-E-C-K-I at C-H-I-R-O-O-N-E.net. The phone number, if you wanted to contact the company whatsoever, it's, it's 630-468-1824. And D, D, Joe, Fred, thank you guys so much for everything you're doing. I mean, you you guys are just rocking the profession. I, lo I love to have it. Thank you so much for inviting me on this on this podcast. Anytime. Thanks for being here. Uh, no worries, Brian. And uh, in the future, anytime, if you guys have something that you'd love to talk about, anybody from the company, uh, we'd, we'd love to have you guys on. Wonderful. Thank you. All right. You guys, uh, gentlemen, enjoy your night. This is the end of the uh, July 12th Tuesday night podcast. All right, guys. Have a good okay. night. Thanks. Good night, guys. Take care.